0: Hey guys, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Saved and Sexual Podcast. And if you are new, welcome, welcome, welcome. There's no back now for you guys, but we hope that we'll see you again. So, welcome to the family. Um, this is a Saved and Sexual Podcast where we talk about all things salvation and all things sexuality, how we honor God in our bodies, through our bodies, and with our bodies. Okay, guys. So, um, for those who are new, there's an episode every Monday and Thursday. Um, you can follow us on Instagram. Please follow us here. Please share with everybody. Like if you think, if you listen to this and you think that it's a good thing, please share with everybody you can and let's start having these conversations in the family of Christ. And, um, yeah. All right. Today, I'm just going to sort of wrap up. Because we've been doing pretty little lies um, once a week and so I just kind of wanted to wrap that up okay and in case you haven't noticed so we're going to be doing a series on the various idols in our lives okay and so in case you haven't noticed there's a very clear image in all the, of the lies that we talked about they're pretty they're sweet they make us feel good but there are lies nonetheless. And a lie is a lie is a lie, no matter how much you call it the truth, okay? And the father of lies, eh? Jesus said the father of lies is the devil, okay? So a lie does not come from God, okay? So we should never, ever base our lives on that, no matter how pretty, how sweet, how um, endearing, how kind it seems. That should never be our basis for anything, okay? So... The idol that has come up, clearly, in case you were not seeing it, uh, is the self, myself, me. Yeah, We've made an idol of ourselves. And I think that that is the biggest, biggest thing um, that is the idol today. It's about us and fulfilling our needs and our desires. So a few of the times, like, as we've gone through that, the lies i've read some of them but for today's purposes i'm going to read them again um so we started with number one which was follow your heart Mm -hmm. self do what makes you happy self you only live once self you deserve to be happy self it's my life self be true to yourself self and live your truth self. We are obsessed with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And not only are we obsessed with ourselves, we are encouraged to be obsessed with ourselves. Because you see, I believe that we are essentially as human beings, we, we are geared or we tend definitely to um, steer in the direction that is best for us. Yeah, already I'm a selfish person. Yeah, already I am a selfish person, and I think that's uh, part of the reason. I'm not a theologian, okay, but when I usually think of love God as you love yourself, yeah, I'm usually like yeah, because like this is the this is the one person you love more. I love your neighbor. So you said love your neighbor like you love um as you love yourself, and the, because the self is the one person that we are all constantly focused on. I care about what makes me happy. I care about how things in life affect me. Even if there are floods for someone else halfway across the world, I care about how, what that's going to do for crop prices for me more than I care about what that's actually done for their lives. So when it affects me, it matters. When it doesn't affect me, it doesn't matter. I think we are, our default setting is to focus so much on ourselves. Okay, so we've made an idol of ourselves and our desires and our needs and our wants. And now we live in a society that fully encourages us to pursue that direction, to go in that direction. But if you are a believer and even if you are not, I would honestly just like you to examine that thought process. Okay, examine what good can come of that and then examine what incredible harm can come of that sort of thinking of focusing only on myself. So I heard one of my favorite preachers is Woody Bakam. If I can find that video, I'm going to link it down below. I don't know how many people will watch, however long it is, but he gave this example that just made me smile um, and start to think. I just, I'm like, huh. So he talked about Um, When we have people, we talk about self-esteem, we talk about low self-esteem, right? And he essentially was saying, people's problem isn't low self-esteem, people's problem is pride. Even low self-esteem, it's based in pride. It's like, oh, I, um, what example did he use? I'm trying to think of, um, like, I I really don't think, like, I, I can't believe I got these grades, these really bad grades. And so I start feeling bad about myself. So you believe that you deserve better grades. Not that you should get them, but that you deserve better grades. Um, if you're like, oh, that person thinks I'm ugly. Okay, so the self-esteem, the low self-esteem then comes from, oh, the fact that you think they should think you're pretty. Yeah, so when he put it like that, it seems harsh, like it seems harsh. But I started thinking about it, and honestly, isn't it true? So there is the symptom which is low self-esteem, but the root cause is pride. Most of us are prideful folks, yeah? We're prideful people, and we focus so much on what would make us happy that when we don't get that thing, our self-esteem is affected, yes? Our self-worth is affected, because we believe that we deserve so much more. Here is the caveat guys. I'm not saying remain in an abusive relationship or stay with somebody who is not good to you. That's not what I'm saying at all, okay? Um, you should have value yeah but when pe- I mean you do have value, sorry, that is given to you by God. when people say things like know your worth, yes and everything. that's a good statement. In and of itself, yes. I do know I'm not going to stay in a relationship where somebody is hurting me. I'm not going to do any of these things. I once heard a testimony of this woman. I think I've shared it before, but a testimony of this lady who her husband used to cheat on her constantly. I think he even used to beat her. Um, and so she was just in this place and everyone she was with him for ages, and people would come and they'd be like, Woman. Oh it's time to go. Can we go? We'll pack your stuff. We'll pack your stuff. Okay, for you. We'll find a house for you. You can stay with me. No, get out of this place. And she said, no. Not because, Oh, well, I guess, she, yes, she loved him. But not because it was not, oh, I'm so in love with him or whatever. She said, I prayed and God has told me to stay here. To remain here. Now, let me tell you something. I love God a lot. But many of us, honestly, in that situation, would be like, that ain't God, girl. Yeah. Who? who, who which which God is that? I'm telling you to do what? We will, I would be there, myself, packing your bags. Yeah. Because our instinct is self-preservation. And in this case, I would even feel justified because it's not even my preservation. It's a preservation of somebody else. I'm protecting them. I'm taking care of them. So it's a very um, interesting thing when you think about it. And she stayed with him. She stayed with him. She never left him, ever. And she was like, I I don't know if it's like, this is my mission field or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, are we more willing to focus on our needs than we are on what God says? Because we don't like to think that God would ever say you should remain there and be unhappy. I mean, this dude was beating her. What do you mean God said that? That can't be him. That can't be him. Yeah. And then... This notion of happiness, what is it based on? Because when we look through the Bible, because may I just say, do people read the Bible? Yeah, I'm a Kenyan, me, I may I just say, yeah. Do people read the Bible? Because I want to see the happiness. Where is it? These people that we read about, and there's a difference. Remember, we talked about there's a difference between joy and happiness. But a lot of these people's lives, what? So hard. So hard. And not based, focused on themselves. Not focused on themselves. Really, really hard lives. And where was all of this? Um, You deserve to be happy and live your own truth. Where is it in the Bible? What is it based on? My worth is intrinsic. It comes from God. Even if he tells me to do the hard stuff. Even when he's saying, walk into the Jordan, when it is flooded. I trust him enough to walk in there. He's not like my brother who tells me to go down that road. No, no. He's God. Yeah? When the Israelites were being told, walk through the Red Sea. You understand? You understand? you imagine it upon either side. Yeah. That water can come. It, it takes faith. I'm like, okay. Yes, I see that it's separated. But me walking down that road, that's a different thing. Yeah. Ezekiel, Jeremiah. Yeah. Jesus. Guys, Jesus. Are we called to selflessness or are we called to self indulgence? Read your Bible and ask yourself that read your bible and ask yourself if any of these things actually line up with scripture okay do more yeah please focus more on god than you are focusing on yourself paul said he had le- he had learned to be content be content this dude, God had told me, like he said. He said God told him um, that uh, all that God has shown me is that everywhere I'm going to go, there is persecution and you know pain waiting for me. And he had found contentment. When we talk about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the fruits of the Spirit. The Spirit empowers us to live for Him. He doesn't just ask us. He doesn't just tell us, go do this in your own strength. Because we can't. We cannot do it. we will not succeed, we cannot do it in our own strength. But in His, in Him, we already have the victory. Like Jesus already won this war. Okay? So we are covered by the righteousness of christ we live in the time of grace and that does not mean the scriptures say so because we live under grace does that mean that we can then sin because we live under grace absolutely not we don't get to indulge in ourselves and focus on ourselves and hope that the result of that will be godliness will be god being honored When the scriptures say, he has shown you, oh man, what to do. Yeah? To love mercy, to do justice, and to walk humbly with your God. He has shown you what this is. When we read in Romans 8 that we belong to God, what does that mean? I heard the other day someone saying that, yes, we belong to God, while at the same time saying, I fully affirm a a homosexual lifestyle. Or a homosexual, um, what? How do I put this? Because I think lifestyle. I don't know if like any anyway, lifestyle is the word we have. That's the word we use. So I'm not trying to be um, dismissive um, of the struggle. I'm just saying they affirm <clears throat> homosexuality and living, as in indulging in those desires. I, if I went to a church, guys, and then this church is saying. We belong to God, we're surrendered unto God, and we affirm a um, fornicating lifestyle, okay? I may truly want to fornicate because I'm not married, Yeah, I have desires, you know. Um, so I psh, that works for me, y'all. That really works for me. But its end is death. Because that is not the word of God. So if we love each other, And that, I believe, God has called us to do. It says so in his word. We are called to love. They will know us by our love. Okay? Love doesn't mean that we put aside what God says and focus instead on what makes us feel good, what makes us fulfilled. Yes, God calls us to deny ourselves, to take up his cross, daily take up your cross and follow me that is what God asked of us asks of us every single day we need to focus not on the fact that like if I put down this cross I'm going to have so much relief it's going to be so much easier my back is going to feel so much better Okay, that's not what we focus on. We focus on God because he said daily take up your cross and follow me. Okay, God himself then also said that my yoke is easy and my burden is light because we don't carry that cross in our own strength. We pick up that cross and we carry it because of the spirit of God. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit to live for God. To honor God, even when it calls us to deny ourselves, even when it calls us to give up the things that we hold so dear, even when it calls us to do something that feels the opposite of everything that I want, the opposite of everything that I feel like I need. God is not honored in disobedience. We cannot honor God and disobey Him at the same time. That just, it doesn't work. It doesn't work, and it doesn't matter how much relief you feel because you're disobeying. It doesn't matter how much um, uh, uh, fulfillment you get from disobeying God. It just doesn't, it, it will never lead to honoring Him. It will never lead to the life that He has called us to, which, by the way, is eternal life. God's gift to us is Himself forever. Remaining in his presence, basking in his glory, worshiping him, being with him forever. I can't even imagine. Like, honestly, I can't wait. Yeah, not that I want to die, guys, but I'm just saying. I can't wait. Yeah, Like, it's just so, to be in the presence of God, that blows my mind. That blows my mind. I can't even imagine. Or maybe I can only imagine. I don't know. I can't. I just know that the goodness of God is our portion. He's here. His presence. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now it's hard. Yeah. The the road, it's narrow. The other one is broad. There's loads of people on it. But the road is narrow. Okay, so we're going to encounter obstacles. We're going to encounter people telling us the opposite of what God wants us to do. But in His strength, we stand. In His goodness, we remain. In In His arms, we are safe. But we remain in God. Don't now leave the shelter of God's um, love and His protection and go and try and fight this thing on your own. Oh, it will finish you. It will finish you. So, trust in God. I used to have, my friend, not I used to have, still one of my best friends. She used to say, all the time, it's like, if you're walking on this road and you're not meeting the devil, doesn't that mean, or there's no opposition, yeah? Doesn't that mean then that you're probably walking with him? I'm just going, I'm just going to say, there's no opposition to anything that you're doing. If the world is clapping the entire way as you do it, um, no, because the scriptures say, let me look for the scripture. Yes. So in, uh, second Corinthians chapter two from, uh, verse I'm going to read from verse 14. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Yes, and among those who are perishing, to one a fragrance from death to to death, to the other a fragrance of life, a, a, a fragrance from life, To life, so I'll read that again. To one, a fragrance from death to death; to the other, a fragrance from life to life. Yeah. Um, Then let me finish. Who is sufficient for these things? Verse seventeen says, "For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God in the sight of God." We speak in Christ, okay? So the things of God are like the stench of death to some people, okay? So there will be opposition. There are many people who hate and are going to hate what I've said, the things that I've said and the things that I say because many I try by the grace of God in his power and strength to speak what he has put on my heart, what the Bible says, Okay, so it smells like death to some people. They will fight it with everything they have. Okay, so if you're walking along the road and everybody in the world likes everything you're saying, I don't know that you're talking Bible to them. I don't know that you're preaching scripture to them. Yeah, so Jesus says... Jesus says in Matthew, um, chapter 10 from verse 34, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword for I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Okay. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it.